Hello, and welcome to the 24 Sloppy Seconds Podcast. I am your host, Pat Culligan. We are very excited to have a special guest with us here tonight. Um, we are recording this on a Thursday evening. Uh, I want to welcome my longtime friend, Charlotte Hornet superfan and season ticket holder, Jeff Barnes. Gee, how's it going, man? I'm good, Pat. Thanks for having me, man. Very much uh, looking forward to, uh, to catching up and, and, and talking some Hornets basketball tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and get started, man. Um, so as I said, you're a, a resident of Charlotte, a Charlotte Hornets uh, season ticket holder. So we're gonna get started with them, and we're gonna gonna go ahead and then segue into uh, some of the other uh, contending teams in the East. Here, we're gonna kind of do a little East uh, Eastern Conference session here tonight, and kind of try to break that down. So we're gonna start out with the Hornets. Um, kind of what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to lay some, some of the stats on you here that, that, uh, we've got going on. And then I kind of want to, since, since you're somebody who's there at the games, you know, I kind of want to see if, if the eye test and, and, you know, what you're seeing from this team really matches up with, uh, you know, with what the numbers are saying. So, um, you know, we're looking at a team that, that they played last night. They, yeah, they, they, uh, they played last night in Minnesota, um, lost last night by double digits. Uh, so they're sitting at 11 and 13, but the, the underlying statistics for this team really suggest that, that there's something a little bit better going on than, than what the record, uh, looks like right now. Uh, they're, they're a team that's, that they're, they have a good offense. They're eighth in offensive rating right now. They're 12th in pace. So they're playing fast. They're playing pretty efficient. Um, and, you know, a lot, like I said, the statistics kind of say we're looking at a good team here. Their, their simple rating system has them 10th right now. Um, and, you know, they've had some, some tough luck in close games. Uh, you know, based on their point differential, uh, you're looking at a team that should be somewhere in the 14 win range right now. And, and that's, you know, obviously not been the case. So kind of give me your, your sort of overview here of, uh, you know, how that lines up with what you're seeing. Are, are we, are, you know, sh- are we looking at a team that really looks like a, a plus 500 team and a playoff team here? Yeah, yeah, I, I would think so, Pat. Just uh, just based on what I, I'm seeing, um, you know, from the games that I, I, I go to live and and what I watch on television, this this team should be outperforming what the record reflects now. Um, I think offensively, I think they're a pretty strong team. I, you know, you mentioned the pace at which they play at. Um, you know, that that's what makes the games really so exciting and so engaging. Um, you know, any team that comes in, even slower paced team, you know, we're speeding them up. So, you know, we're getting shots up quicker. Um, they're mm-hmm. getting shots up quicker as well. Unfortunately, you know, you know, some of the struggles that, that we have is, you know, on the defensive end, um, quite kept, haven't quite figured that out yet. Um, and we can't close games, you know, that's, you know, that's, uh, that's just the bottom line. So we've been in some really competitive games. Uh, we've lost twice in overtime to the, to the 76ers. Um, both games that, that were definitely winnable. Uh, we lost, uh, at the, uh, at the buzzer against, um, the, the Milwaukee Bucks the first game of the season. Uh, Kimba, Kimba really kind of missed a, a, a gimme layup there. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, overall we just kind of faltered down the stretch and, you know, when, when, uh, Oklahoma uh, City came to town. We, you know, we had them. We were up by 20 at one point in time in the third quarter and just, you know, gave away the lead and, and couldn't close down the stretch. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, the team is just missing that one thing. But, you know, they're, they're really close to being one of the top teams in the East, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, with, with the new coach, I, I, I do hope that they're going to figure it out. Um, headed into the All Star break and, and definitely after. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. Um, you, you kind of mentioned a couple of things. I mean, for it, it's it's heartening, I guess, to see that um, you know you're, the teams you're talking about in those games. You're talking about Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Oklahoma City. You know, these are you know these these are top teams in the league. So the idea that they're you know they're hanging with these teams to some degree in the first case in the first place, um, you know, is that's that's a big improvement, I guess, from, from kind of where, where this team has been in, in some previous seasons. So, uh, that is heartening, you said, but at the same time, you know, they're having a problem holding on to leads and closing out games. I know, uh, it was, I guess it was last week when they, uh, when they beat Milwaukee, you know, I think they were, they were up by like 25 points or something in the, you know, late in the third quarter and then just barely held on to beat them. So it's, um, you know, it, 
I guess yeah. what are, what are your what are your impressions in terms of why they're having a tough time closing these games? Is, is it you know it, it, do they just kind of do they look disorganized? Is it is you know is I, I talked about it in my column a little bit with uh, where Kemba being a you know being kind of a small lead creator for them. Uh, you know yeah. is is that is that an is is the degree of difficulty ratcheted up for him? You know in terms of trying to create offense. You know in those clutch situations. Uh, you know, is it just, is it a lack of help or are the other guys not hitting shots or, you know, what, what would you say is, is, is you know, it, obviously it's a, it's a variety of things that are causing that, you know, everything is kind of interrelated, but, you know, is, is there anything yeah, you can point yeah. to that seems like that's, that, that's causing the issue in close games? You, you know what, Pat, in that, that column that you wrote, I, I actually love the way that you kind of summarized it where, you know, Kemba Walker, everyone remembers that clutch run that he had. And, uh, you know, his last year at, uh, at Connecticut and, you know, the, the game winner that he hit and, you know, and, and uh, against Pitt and the, the biggest championship there. Um, but, you know, realistically, you know, looking at his play down the stretch at the end of this year, um, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier, you know, he kind of missed the gimme layup against Milwaukee to, to lose that game, you know, not putting it on him. I think, you know, he's got a lot on his shoulders. Um, but in the Philadelphia game, you know, the, the one that he scored 60 points, absolutely amazing game. Um, but, you know, when you looked at his performance in the last five minutes of regulation, he had pretty critical turnovers in, in that game, you know, that really allowed it to go to overtime. And then, you know, eventually for us to, to unfortunately lose that game. But, I feel like uh, there's probably too much pressure on Kemba towards the end of games um, mm-hmm. to feel that he has to be that person to make the shot. Um, mm-hmm. Where, where you know, I, I think he can probably lean on his teammates a little bit more to, to, you know, maybe drive and dish and you know create for them or create opportunities for them. I just, uh, I don't know. I feel like he takes it all on his shoulders and and you know is not necessarily uh, delivering at this point in time. So. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's probably the biggest reason why we're not closing based on my observations there, um, yeah. you know, of, of this season. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough kind of in, in a scenario where, you know, like I said, he's a smaller guy and he's, you know, kind of a, kind of a lone star on the team. So it's, you know, you, you can see how he would definitely take on that extra burden. And, you know, one guy could be, you know, he could kind of tire out in those scenarios as well. If he's, you know, you know, like you said, he kind of, he, he kind of petered out toward down the stretch in that game where he scored 60 points, you know, it's like at a certain point he might just be running out of gas maybe, but um, yeah, you know, yeah. from, from, from a statistical perspective, it's, you know, his, his minutes are all in line with where, you know, where he's been, uh, you know, he's, he's shooting a little bit more um, it looks like, but uh, you know, from, when, when, when you kind of break everything down on, on a rate-based perspective, you know, from and by minute, by possession, he's, you know, we're, we're looking at a career year from him, but a lot of the rate stats and things look very much the same. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, probably, you know, I, I I mentioned that we're, you know, we're struggling on the defensive end, and, you know, I think it's the, the philosophy um, that, mm-hmm. that, you know, probably a problem, but you know, what I see this year versus last year is, you know, on the perimeter, you know, specifically Kemba, you know, they're, they're getting out and they're guarding, um, and they, you know, they're, they're, they're really getting out there a lot harder on the, on the guards and, and, you know, anyone really kind of on the perimeter. Um, and, and, you know, Kemba, he does look worn down, you know, towards the, the beginning and, and middle of the fourth quarter. Um, not only because, you know, he, he's doing what he does offensively, but he is a smaller guy. Um, NBA is obviously a very physical game and, and, you know, he's being tasked with, with not necessarily guarding the point guard at all times, but he's guarding, you know, shooting guards and small forwards. And obviously they want to take him down to, to the post, which, you know, that, 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 that takes a toll, um, you know, on, on you, uh, throughout the game where you're, you're, physically battling every possession on the defensive end and then to have to pull it out and, and, and really, you know, pull out a win for your team offensively. I mean, it's, it's, it's really tough. So um, yeah. I think, you know, that can be contributing to it. 
um, you know, defensively. I think, you know, we're really getting after it, but we haven't really figured out the, the health side defense yet. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, when teams drive, we're all collapsing, which, which is leaving, you know, the corners wide open. I mean, statistically, I don't, I don't know what the stats say, but, you know, watching the game, it feels like teams just shoot a better percentage from three on us because they're wide open most of the time. So, um, it's, um, you know, I, I think, you know, Kemba kind of, kind of faltering down, you know, down the stretch has, has probably contributed to the defensive effort that, that he's having to put out in games now. Yeah. And those things, I mean, those things kind of play into each other too. Um, you know, the, the, more you're having to do offensively that extra burden. I mean, he is, uh, like I said, he's taking, he's taking more, the most shots per game in his career. Uh, he's, you know, he's got the highest usage rate this season. Um, you know, that plays into your defensive intensity as well, obviously. I mean, you know, we see that with, uh, you know, we see that with LeBron every season as he's, <laughs> every year they're like, yeah, LeBron's going to take a step back this year. And then it's like, no, he never does. He just, no. he just keeps, you know, he keeps always being the offensive hub for, t- for teams and then, you know, correspondingly, he kind of just just coasts on defense for sometimes yeah. months at a time. Uh, yeah. You know, and so you wonder whether that's taking a toll on on Kemba as well, because I mean, it's you know, there was it's weird because I, I, with him, it felt like his his reputation almost kind of finally caught up with the performance in a way, because when he came into the league, there was this idea, well, he's kind of small and that he wasn't really a good defensive player, but early on in his career, he actually was pretty good on defense. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, when, when his, when his role was a little bit different, it seemed like, uh, and then it's just kind of over the last couple of years, it, it, you know, I'm just looking at, at defensive ratings here and those are, you know, that's a real noisy statistic, of course, but, um, you know, it's, his defensive rating has gone back up over the last few years. So it's kind of like almost, you know, he's, as he's acclimated himself to having that bigger offensive burden, he's kind of, uh, you know, maybe slacking off on defense isn't the word, but it's, you know, he's had a tougher time keeping up that level of intensity. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like you said, with, no, like you said with LeBron, I think, uh, you know, I think, it, you know, he's he's probably the perfect example where he carries so much of the offensive burden that, you know, you, you've got to conserve energy uh, somewhere, you know, on the court. And, you know, unfortunately, most of the time that's going to be on the defensive end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's you know, especially yeah, for somebody who does that much creating, you know, who has, just has the ball in their hands all the time. So that's yeah, definitely for sure. Um, part of the other thing I think that's you know, you know, we've we've seen their overall improvement as a team this year, and again, you know, a, a lot of that credit has gone to Kemba, and you know, deservedly so. But at the same time, the the way the roster is is built out a little bit has I think helped them, you know, helped helped him to some degree. I was. Again, I'll kind of tell you what the stats are here, and then you can tell me if this lines up with what you're seeing. Um, the team has actually improved, and it's not to say with, you know, in terms of the, the team is better with him on the court, of course, but the minutes that he's not on the court, they appear to, they appear to be better than what they were previously. Um, you know, and, and the numbers, you know, basically say they're his on, on court plus minus is roughly the same as it's been in previous years, which is still positive. Um, but they're doing better in those non Kemba minutes is what, it, what it kind of looks like before in previous, the past couple of years, they've basically just gotten slaughtered when he's not on the court. Um, mm-hmm. and so it looks like they're doing a little bit better now. Part of that may be, you know, the switch at, at the backup point guard changing, you know, those, those minutes last year, uh, you know, they had, uh, Michael Carter Williams as the backup point guard and, you know, he hasn't really stuck anywhere. He's been obviously, um, yeah, you know, switching yeah. over, switching over to Tony Parker this year as the backup. You know, obviously we're kind of at, uh, you know, in the end game of Tony Parker's career, but you know, you, you just get kind of a steady hand in there and, and somebody who, who just, you know, knows what they're doing, obviously, after all these years. And the numbers do actually bear that out a little bit. They've been a whole lot better in those minutes, um, you know, with Tony Parker on the court this year than they were with, with MCW last year. Is that, is, does, does that line up with what you're seeing? Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, Tony Parker, uh, being on the floor, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I know he's, he's older and, you know, some, some, some would say, you know, he's pretty much done, but it, it's still pretty exciting to see him on the floor. Um, you know, he, he doesn't have the, the legs that he had before. 
Um, but uh, he he's still one of the quickest players on the floor, getting that ball up and down, um, you know, and transitioning from defense to offense fairly quickly. Um, you know, he does you know probably a better job of uh, of creating um, for the for the team as well when he's on the floor, and it's uh, you know he he's uh, he's driving and putting pressure on you know, not only the, the guard that, that's guarding him, but also the interior big men defensively um, and, and, you know, really creating for his teammates and, and, you know, utilizing some of the young talent that we do have on the team. Um, so it's really exciting when Tony's in the game. And it's, you know, like you said, last year when, when Kimba was out of the game, it was like, oh, God, here we go. You know, because, you know, not, yeah. not to knock MKG, but he's just not a point guard. That's, that's not, that's not his role. You know, so to have a, a true, you know, Hall of Fame point guard come in as your, as your backup and give you those critical minutes and, and create offense while he's, you know, Kemba's getting, you know, getting rest. It's, uh, it's night and day from, from last year. So and they've they've had they've had times where you know Kemba and and uh, Tony Parker were both on the floor. I don't know that we've necessarily figured that out yet because Parker's a point guard. Kemba's kind of playing off the ball, and I feel like he's a little bit lost in that position. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, it's still it's still really exciting to to have Tony Parker come in as your as your backup point guard because I don't I don't you you lose. You know, Kimba's scoring ability, but I don't. I don't think you lose anything as far as you know the team's ability to to score buckets and create yeah. opportunities. Yeah, just to be able to get good looks out of the offense. You know, when yeah. when you don't have that primary creator in there is, is yeah. There's there's certainly a value to that, and you're not just sitting there just like you said, just like oh here we go, like just just hoping to to kind of hold on for a few minutes, you know, and just not have yeah. not have it, you know, just not have everything crater. So. That's, Absolutely. You know, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely the the power of depth that I think we're we're seeing with a lot of teams now. There's the you know that every, everybody kind of makes the point. Oh, you get to the playoffs and then you know the 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 rotation shorten and all this stuff. And to some extent, that is true. But it's like in the in the regular season, at least there's there, there's kind of no you know there's no substitute for having real depth. You know, it's like we're just seeing that with so many teams. Uh, you know, we're we're seeing it with uh, with with the Clippers. Who've had a lot of success yeah, just yeah. having this, just having this really deep team of, of just like competent pros, you know, and, and there's, to some extent, I think we're in such a good place in the NBA right now where there, there really is a lot more depth out there. Uh, you know, there's, there's just a good, the, the talent pool is really deep right now. So that helps, you know, teams that are in these small markets like Charlotte that, that, you know, are able to, to kind of, you know, bring in guys like like Tony Parker, like we said, who's who's yeah. just, you know this is, this is this is a legend, you know. But it's and, and it's it has been weird, you know. There's there's this weird cognitive dissonance still, and I'm sure there is for you too. Seeing him seeing him in a Charlotte jersey is it's definitely weird. Um, but it is uh, weird. but you know, it's at the same time, it's, it's that's been you know been a real boon for for the team. And you know, you said that was interesting how you talked about you know them playing together on the court, which there's you you're seeing. More coaches go that route as well now. Um, you know, a lot of the younger coaches as well of, you know, playing those two point guard looks. It's, that's a, that's a tricky lineup for them defensively for sure. Cause I mean, you kind of have to, you, you, you know, Parker's sort of at the point where again, he's, he's a KG veteran, but you know, he's, he's not as, as fleet of foot as he was before. And, you know, and he's always been, you know, not that big. So, uh, you know, you kind of have to hide him a little bit on defense, which, you know, puts more pressure than again on Kemba going back to that point. Um, yeah, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see going forward how much they, how much they rely on that lineup. Um, you know, really it's, we'll kind of transition that into the next point is, is if they could, if they could transition some of those minutes, uh, you know, more of those minutes in an effective way over to Malik Monk, um, you know, that would be best case scenario there to get, get, get those young legs in there. But he's, he's, He's definitely struggled a little bit, it seems like, and, uh, you know, there's, from a perspective of these young guys, and we'll talk about, you know, kind of what their future is going to look like here in just a little bit, but it's, you know, the, give me your impressions, uh, you know, your initial impressions sort of on, on Malik Monk sort of versus Miles Bridges. Like, who, what are you seeing from those guys, and, and, you know, what do you like, what don't you like, and, you know, who's, who, who's the guy they should build around? I think I know what the answer is going to be, but I'm going to let you <laughs> let you explain it. 
Yeah, so I, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you remember. I think we had, a, you know, maybe a little bit of an exchange, uh, you know, when when the uh, Hornets drafted Monk. I, you know, and I'll tell you this, I, I absolutely love Malik Monk. I mean, he's a great kid. Um, and, you know, offensively, uh, when he was at Kentucky, I mean, I, I, I don't remember seeing, you know, players with the ability to just, you know, kind of go off like he was able to go off, you know, kind of reminded me of the, the old school, you know, Hibachi when we were back in D.C., you know. Just, uh, <laughs> yep. um, and, uh, you know, so it was impressive, but, you know, when, when they drafted him, I didn't, I didn't think it was the right move because I didn't, I didn't think he could truly play point guard. He's a really small kid. I mean, he's, uh, he's lanky. Um, he's really not that tall and I knew he would struggle defensively. Um, but, you know, he's a great athlete and, and, you know, he's, he's a pretty, pretty good shooter. Uh, I think the problem with Malik is he's not able to really get that many point, that much playing time to where he can get himself in a groove. Um, he's definitely not going to be able to play point guard in the NBA. I just, you know, I just, I don't see it. He, he doesn't have the confidence to be able to do it. Um, he's yeah. not really, you know, not really great being uh, with the ball in his hands. Um, yeah, we haven't we, yeah we haven't seen the sort of playmaking chops out of him really. It's, yeah, exactly. he's kind of he's 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 kind of at best sort of paint by numbers making the passes and then reading what the defense yeah, is doing yeah. out of out of pick and roll yeah. and stuff. So pick and roll, he can come off the screen, grab the ball, take it to the hole, and, and create from there. But as far as being a pure point guard, it's it's not it's not where he's at. So. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, I do, I would like to see him get more minutes because I do think that, you know, once he gets into a, a groove of the game, um, you know, he, he could be, you know, uh, obviously an offensive weapon, but he struggles on the defensive end as well. Um, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's a, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. Um, which brings us to Miles Bridges, who, <laughs> You know, when, when, you know, we traded for him on draft day, you know, I, I kind of questioned the trade. Um, but, uh, this kid has, uh, I mean, he's, he's done nothing but impress me all year. Um, you know, he's, he's going to get better. You know, he's, he's, he's a good enough size, uh, to where, you know, he can play multiple different positions. Um, you know, he shows a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. He's shooting the ball a lot better than, than I thought he could at Michigan State. And he's way more explosive than I thought he was. You know, it, it, oh, yeah. it looks like he's, he's trimmed down. He's lost some weight. So he gives us really, really good minutes. And, you know, he's working hard on the defensive end. He hasn't quite figured it out yet, but he is getting better game in and game out. So. I think, you know, as, as far as, you know, upside, you know, the, the way that it's looking now, I think Miles Bridges is, 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 you know, probably the better player right now. Um, and, you know, Malik, I, you know, I, I, I still love the kid. I think he's got a ton of potential, but I, you know, I kind of, kind of feel like he could easily, you know, kind of fall into obscurity, um, within the league as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I can see how, um, you know, yeah, with Monk, it's like you look at him and, and to me there's, you're like, okay, is he going to become, you know, is he going to become J.R. Smith? You know, <laughs> I mean, is he gonna, some, somebody yeah. that's, that's just in there kind of just to jack up shots and, you know, create some offense? Um, you know, or, you know, is there, is there a path to where he's, you know, Lou Williams, somebody like that who can really be that, that creator kind of crunch time guy? Uh, you know, or is he just kind of a catch and shoot guy? Um, you know, we'll kind of have to see how that goes. But like you said, the problems on the defensive end and kind of questions of fit, you know, sort of what, you know, who, who do you put around him? You know, if, if you, if, it's almost like if you have to, if, if you have to ask that question, it's a problem, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. And so, and, and with, with Bridges, you very much don't have that question. He's a guy who can, who, who can switch across several positions defensively. Um, you know, he's not, he's not super long, but he's, but he, you know, I mean, his athleticism obviously pops off the screen yeah. so uh you know i mean I, I i i remember first seeing him at michigan state and i and i was immediately like yeah that guy you know <laughs> it's, it's, um, i was just like yep that dude and, and it was yeah it, it, it was hard it was one of those guys who there's there's certain guys you see and and um the college game to a degree kind of suppresses their athleticism 
you know, and because yeah. because of the, the space, you know, the le- less space, uh, you know, the way that the teams are constructed, the skill level around them, things like that. And that was very much the case for him in Michigan State. I remember seeing him just be like, man, you, you put this guy in some space and he's going to be really good. Um, you know, and so I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have, have kind of been, been proven right a little bit about that. Um, yeah. Know, he's, yeah, he's, he's exciting. He's, he's a great athlete. Yeah. Like you said, he can shoot. Um, you know, he's, he's hitting 36% of his threes. Uh, you know, which is a good place to be as a, as a rookie for sure when you move out to the, to the deeper line. Um, you know, he just really looks like somebody who's, who's just going to be a good player for a really long time. That was, um, yeah, it does. you know, and I, and I think, um, you know, the biggest thing for, for Miles is obviously, you know, like when he, came, when he went to Michigan State, you saw his, his athletic ability. But to me, it felt like, you know, in big games and big moments, he kind of shied away and he, you know, he would be on the court and he would disappear for a while and it just didn't make sense to me because he's, you know, uh-huh. he has the ability to do much more. But, you know, I, I think, you know, coming to the NBA, it's given him, you know, a different mindset when, you know, he's on the court, he's in the game. He knows those minutes are critical and he's taking advantage of it and, and making the most of it. And, you know, I think that that's been the biggest difference with, with him as a college player versus a professional now. So mm-hmm. really, I'm, I'm excited about him. Really excited yeah. about him. Yeah. yeah and before we move on from our, from our younger players, I just want to mention one guy because, you know, <laughs> he doesn't get much play time and I think he should, but, you know, I think, you know, let's not forget about Dwayne Bacon. You know, I, I think he, he was, you know, a steal for us last year. Yeah. Um, in the draft and, and really when he's on the court, whenever he gets his minutes, he he's not a liability on defense. You know, he's long, he's lanky, he can play defense, and he really is good and creative from an offensive perspective as well. He just doesn't mm-hmm. get enough minutes now. And I'm not sure why he doesn't, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that he gets, you know, more play times, get on the court and, you know, display what he can do a little bit more. So I think we okay. we – I would love to sit – sit uh, Nick Batum down and, and put Bacon in a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's what I was going to say is, you know, kind of we were talking about that depth and it's, uh, you know, you, to, to give a guy more minutes, you got to take him away from somebody else, you know, it's a, it's a zero-sum game here. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, Bacon, Bacon has been has been good. I mean, yeah, he's a guy who came in, I mean, kind of had an, had an NBA-ready body, uh, you know, in game. Um, you know, he's, he's shot well so far in the limited minutes, he, you know, and that's, you know, one of those things where, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you made a good, yeah. a good segue, a good segue there into the, into the topic of, uh, what the hell happened to Nicola Batum? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is, this, this dude, this dude needs to, needs to produce. I mean, when you, when you look at his numbers, it's like they're not, they're not down as much as almost what the eye tests would, you know, would, would suggest to a degree. Uh, you know, he, he kind of still has some of that floor game, but it just seems like he's, He's just not very involved, you know, and it's, and it's like you can't have yeah. that for a guy for a guy who's making like twenty four million dollars this year, oh my God. you know, and for two more years after this. I mean, yeah, he's he's on just a giant contract, and it's, it's like it seems like huge, yeah, and it just seems like he's he's just not he's just not the same player like he was before, like you know when he was when he was younger in Portland. Um, no, what what is what what's been the difference? Is 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 it just like sort of his roles and responsibilities have changed? Or is there is there just something about him that just looks like you know like like he's declined somehow? I mean he's thirty years old. I mean he shouldn't be you know physically there shouldn't be that much decline at this point. But what 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 is it that you're seeing that just looks different from previous seasons? Yeah, and I guess uh you know I think I think you hit it there, Pat. When you know he he's only thirty years old, um, but you know I you know I've got a note here that says it just feels like the game has kind of passed him now. It's it, it's really it's really weird because I mean he he's a pretty decent athlete, right? And mm-hmm. um, you know you you noted I mean like when you look at his numbers they haven't fallen off too much like they really haven't changed that much, but just the overall feeling and and confidence and you know I don't I don't know if he feels it as well but you know overall you know like in the stadium I can tell you when he puts a shot up you know we're we're su- surprised that it goes in. You know, mm-hmm. and, and um, I don't know. I, it, you know, I feel like, um, you know, last year and maybe the year before,
four. Uh, you know, I think they picked him up with the idea of him being, you know, a, a pivotal part of the of the organization, right, and, and really kind of a leader on the team, and that really hasn't materialized. So, you know, I don't I don't know if his confidence is is shaken a little bit, but you know, he's just kind of in there and you know, or out there on the floor, and he just blends in. Like, I, I mean, it's uh, you know, he forces shots from time to time. Um, you know, doesn't really allow the game to really come to him too much. You know, defensively, you don't you don't see him really getting you know beat too often, but he's also not really making plays. He's just kind of existing out there. Yeah, and, he doesn't um, feel impactful. He's just just sort of eating. Yeah, that. not not impactful. And there's you know there's just uh, I don't know just there's not really too much excitement when when he's in the game. Um, he does make, you know, again, he, he forces it a little bit, so he has, you know, critical turnovers, and, you know, mm-hmm. the crowd kind of feels it, and, and <laughs> there's generally a lot of a lot of booing and comments when, whenever he does something wrong. So it's just, uh, I don't uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he has the ability to be a better player. I just, uh, I don't, I don't feel like he's going to, to, to be able to make that comeback and be the player that he was in Portland right. and then the player that got him that huge contract. It's just, right. you know, it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's weird because, I mean, like you, you said, it's interesting how you were like, you, you can feel kind of that energy change in the arena and how, you know, there's the grumbling and stuff when he when he turns it over or whatever, which he does, as I'm looking at the numbers, he does have a, he's kind of historically always had sort of a high turnover rate, which is yeah. odd for a player a player like him. Um, but you know, that's, it's, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy almost at that point. It's like, you know, these, these guys, you know, we, we, we think of them sort of as these athletic machines, but it's like, these are, these are people too, you know? And so it's like yeah. that sort of yeah. thing. It's like, he, he can feel that energy too, you know, you imagine. And so it's, it, it's gotta, it's gotta be hard when it's like, you can sort of feel your crowd losing confidence in you too. You know, it's easy to, to lose that confidence in yourself and then kind of to take a back seat and sort of, um, you know, like you said, blend in on the court. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the stats here again, and it's like his, his usage rate is down a lot this year. He's, he's, you know, he's not shooting as much. So then, like you said, when he is shooting, he may be, you know, kind of trying to force up force up looks. And, you know, it's not that he's, he's not necessarily shooting that poorly, um, but it's it was interesting how you mentioned how it sort of, you know, it feels like the game has passed him by because he doesn't – he shoots decently from, from three. Uh, he's shooting like 36, 37% from three. But like he doesn't take a very big volume for a guy who's who's on yeah. the court thirty thirty minutes a night, and that's yeah exactly you know a, a guy at his position. If you're you know if they if they don't really respect you, if they're playing off of you on the weak side and things like that, it, it, it then it it makes forces all these other changes within your offense within sort of that ecosystem about what you can do. If they just think, well, this guy's not going to really shoot it, you know, we can go ahead and just and, and sort of sag off of him, even if he's a different even if he, if he's a decent shooter, if he's not creating that level of gravity from the defense, that pull, uh, you know, then, then what is he, what is he really doing for you out there? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, you know, you, you said how, you know, you want, you'd like to see Bacon get some more minutes and, uh, you know, Monk and, and Bridges and those guys. And it's, it's, it's a balancing act certainly for a coach in that scenario because, you know, you, this is a team that they're trying to get back to the playoffs. Uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, some expectations. They, they're, you know, it's, you know, Kemba's in his contract year, so they're kind of trying to put their best foot forward as far as that goes. So it's like, how much do you, how much do you emphasize, you know, getting the development in for those young guys versus, you know, even if you're not getting the best version of Batum, you know, do, do you give him those minutes anyway, sort of as like, okay, this is, this is a guy who's been through these battles. I trust him, you know, and he, he's, he gives us, still the best chance to win on a night-to-night basis, you know, I guess that leads into sort of Borrego a little bit, like, you know, do you you feel like he's, he's managing that correctly or what would be, you know, what what would you want your, your dream rotation to look like here for this team? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, me personally, I mean, I, like I said, I mean, I, I think I would, you know, especially early on in the season and, you know, kind of mixing them in with, you know, the, you know, they rotate Jeremy Lamb out, you know, pretty, pretty well. Um, but mm-hmm. whom I feel, I mean, obviously he gets a substantial amount of minutes and, 
again, I don't know if that's because of his, his contract's so large and they feel like mm. they need to get some sort of value back from him or, you know, if, if they really feel like he, he's, you know, making a difference on the team. But, you know, from 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 a, a fan's perspective, I, I you know, I don't feel more confident with Batum on the floor than I do with some of my younger kids making mistakes and learning, right? Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think, you know, in a year or two down the road, I mean, you know, Batum's definitely not going to get that sort of contract, and he's probably not going to be a, a big contributor on any team. Um, and, and the NBA, whereas, you know, you, you've got some real talent that you can probably develop here. Um, so, you know, I, 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 you know, that's the only thing I probably question, uh, you know, uh, about Borrego. But, you know, otherwise, I think he's doing a really, really good job. I think, you know, the way that he's utilizing um, Kid Gilchrist is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and yeah, like, let's, let's talk about Kid that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the kid Gilchrist is, is, uh, you know, he's, he's a good kid and, you know, he's one of the best defensive players that, that, you know, in the NBA. I think he's, he's, he's probably underestimated in that area. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, but the problem is, you know, previous years we've expected so much of him. You know, he's been a consistent starter up until this year. Yep. And like you said, he was playing you know, shooting guard and, and point guard, backup point guard when, when Kimball was out of the game. Well, you know, this year he's more playing, you know, small forward, power forward, and sometimes even at center. In center, you know? yeah. They're, they're so, playing they're playing yeah. him almost exclusively as a big man this year, which is, yeah. has been interesting. It, cause... Is, it is very interesting, but, he, you know, he's strong. You know, he doesn't really give up ground. He's, his hands are great. Um, you know, he doesn't. You know, when you look at his stats for steals, it doesn't look like he gets a lot of steals, but, but, you know, he's knocking balls away all the time. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, he's, he's contesting shots from, from players that are much bigger than him, um, down low. And, you know, I think his, his, you know, blocks are pretty decent as well. But, yeah, his block, know, his again, block rate is actually of, up quite a bit this year. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just, it gives you like when he's on the floor, um, you know, offensively last year it was awful. You didn't want him shooting. So he's shooting a little bit better this year. Um, yep. but, you know, more of, you know, his defensive utilization and what that does for the team, I think is great. And so I, you know, I think, I, I think Borrego's doing a great job there. I love the offensive philosophy with speeding the game up and, you know, getting shots up and, and, you know, um, you know, it's kind of drive and dish, um, you know, the, the, the way that they're doing it. And then, um, you know, the, the one thing that, um, you know, I think we do need um, is, you know, to work it out on the defensive end. Um, you know, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I think, you know, we we don't really have, and this includes Kemba as well, we don't really have like a, a stopper um, on the defensive end um, for, for a guard, if you will. Um, so we're not, we're not really great at stopping penetration. Um, and then we overcompensate by collapsing. It's, you know, the entire team collapses in, um, whenever there's penetration. So, you know, yes, you're not getting a layup, but, you know, you've got to kick out for a wide open three, <laughs> you know, so, so many times. So, you know, teams that, that shoot the three ball really well, um, you know, they're, 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 they're going to shoot it even better, um, against us at least anecdotally. That's, that's what, what I feel. Um, you know, mm-hmm. when, when I'm at games watching and things like that. But otherwise, I, you know, I think he's doing a great job bringing, uh, Tony Parker in. I think that was a great move. Um, obviously you mentioned it with, with, you know, the performance when Kemba's off the floor, but, but, you know, just the leadership. Um, you know, Tony, I mean, he, he, he gets after it with these young kids and, you know, they obviously respect him. They listen to him. Um, there's never ever, you know, the, the contention where they're mouthing back or anything. There, it's kind of like a yes sir or you know sorry type thing. You can see it on the floor, um, which uh, you know again I think it's, I think it's really important. Yeah, it helps that he was he was in high school when some of these guys were born. You know, <laughs> I know, I know. But uh, it's so but, funny every every like I mean everyone that's at the game. I mean you hear conversations around you. And, you know, everyone's like, what is Tony Parker like 45 now? Because he's been in the league forever, but he's only, I think he's only 36. Yeah, um, 30. But, uh, but proven winner, I mean, he's been around forever winning championships. So that's, 
you know, that's, that's, that's why we think he's a lot over than what he is. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's obviously some value, even if his, even if his on-court value is diminished a little bit at this point, you know, I mean, just having that, bringing in, you know, these seasoned pros, bringing in guys who just can, can mentor those young guys and teach them, you know, just how to be pros, you know, I mean, how, you know, yeah. guys like Monk and Bridges and, and these guys and, and just, you know, and, you know, emulate what I do, you know, <laughs> obviously I've been successful at this. So, you know, pay attention. And this is, you know, this is how to, how to make your way in this league. So how to practice, how to take care of your body, how to, you know, do all those different things, deal with all the off court stuff. So, um, you yeah. know, that's, 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 that's been big that the, <laughs> my favorite example of that was back with, you know, going back to the DC thing, back when, when the wizards had that, had those, those knucklehead teams when they had JaVale and Andre Blatch and, you know, and, and oh, and Arenas and all those guys. And then it was like, yeah. the, then the one year they made that, they made the trade, they made those moves to bring in Ariza and to bring in Nene. And it was like, and you could immediately just see the difference in the entire like ecosystem of the way they played and the way, you know, the, the energy and the intensity that they played with. It was like when you bring in guys who just, who, who are pros and who know what they're doing and, and have a certain level of expectation when they come into a team, you know, it's like it, it it gets those other guys in line, you know, and so I yeah, think that absolutely. there's 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 probably been some of that. Uh, you know, this is still, you know, outside of, of Parker and, and Batum like you know, and, and Marvin Williams, like it's it's still a relatively young roster, so there's there's a lot of room there for them to grow. Um, you know, you talked about Kid Gilchrist, how it's like, you know, we, we he's one of these guys that it's like it feels like he's been around for so long now. You know, that it's like, yeah. it's sort of like, oh, well, we know what this guy is. You know, it's like, okay, this is the deal, but he's 25 years old. You know, and it's like, he's yeah, not even, exactly. he's not even really like in his prime yet. So, I mean, yeah. you know, so I think that's, and that's, that's been interesting, you know, just to go back to him for a second was like, you know, you, you mentioned how they, how they're, they've, they've just changed up, Borrego has just changed up what his, his role and his responsibilities are. And then, and you can see how that's, you know, it's improved. He's just, he's not trying to like, you know, shove that, that, you know, square peg into the round hole anymore. Cause it's like, you can watch him and it's like, yeah, he's not, he's not a small forward or a shooting guard who's going to space the floor and who's going to, you know, do attack off the bounce and do these different things. That's just not, those, those are not the types of basketball things he excels at, you know, and so when you yeah, watch him now, absolutely. basically more, more playing power forward really, you know, most of the time. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, this, he's, yeah, he's only like six seven, but it's like, yeah, he's he's a stout body, he's strong, he can, you know, he he knows where to be on defense and and do all these different things, and it's, you know, he just looks like a much better player, and yeah, he's playing less minutes, he's coming off the bench, which, you know, yeah, for a guy you drafted second is is you know not necessarily ideal, um, but you know this is this is where you are, so. Um, you know they've done. I think yeah. like Borrego's done done a nice job, kind of incorporating him and giving him a different set of responsibilities and a different role that more fits with what he actually is. And that's that's a good sign for a coach to be able to kind of think in in a different way, uh, you know, from what you've seen from those guys before and put them in the best positions to succeed. So that's that's yeah, you know, absolutely, that's heartening yeah. to see. So we'll uh we'll see what what they do with Kid Gilchrist, that's actually going to be interesting because I think he looks like he has a player option next year in his contract. So, um, you know, it'll be kind of interesting. I think he's, he's due 12 or $13 million if he opts into that contract. Um, but is he, is he yeah. going to get more than that? Is he going to get more than that somewhere else? <laughs> I, think, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I don't it, yeah, is, is, yeah is, is, I mean, is 20 minutes off the bench, you know, a night or 20, 25 minutes off the bench, is that, you know, is is that what he is? Or, you know, is there a scenario he could go to where you could basically start him at power forward for somebody if you've got, if you've got the right big man to put alongside him, you know, is there, is there a bigger role for him somewhere else and, you know, at, at a, at a big dollar figure? I don't know. It's, it's a good time for him to become a free agent. I know there's going to be a lot more money, you know, floating around in the league this this coming off season. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it'll be interesting to see what they what they do with him. I don't know if you yeah. have any insight into that. <laughs> I don't. I, I honestly I don't. And you know, I think um, to to be honest with you, I think um, you know, granted he's playing a lot less minutes now but but they are better minutes i you know yeah, from from my agreed. perspective you know because he's uh you know last year you know he's playing a lot of minutes and he was kind of like the the nicholas batum of of uh 
of the team last year where he was on the court and you didn't really see too much from him, right? So, you know, the defensive effort was always there, um, but generally he was out on the perimeter guarding, you know, probably their, their best perimeter player, um, not really getting rebounds and, you know, not really getting blocks or anything. So, you know, statistically, I think he's he's probably making a bigger impact with less minutes this year. So I don't uh, I don't I don't know that he's he's a, he's a power forward. Even though, you know, the the shift in the NBA, you know, you don't really have a true power forward now anyway. You know, mm-hmm. um, so you know he's able to to you know to guard some of these players on the on the block because they're not really true post players, right? They they yeah. don't have the you know, the dream shake or anything that, that really gets them open and, and, you know, available for easy buckets. So, but I think, uh, I think it's probably in his best interest for him to take that player option and, you know, maybe play himself into a, you know, small forward type role. I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, when you see him, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, is that broken shot of his where, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's better this year. And yeah, honestly, he's shooting. He's shooting forty percent from three. Yeah, <laughs> on like it is, fifteen attempts or something. But you know, it is better this year. Um, it is a lot better this year. But uh, you know, he he's never going to be an offensive threat or weapon in the NBA. He he's really kind of a a defensive stopper, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's sort of your your Andre Ro- your Andre Robertson almost like that kind of guy, yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. But, you know, it's, then, again, you have to kind of build your lineups in certain ways around that, you know, to to hide those offensive deficiencies or, you know, kind of make them, make them a cutter or that type of thing. But it's like then yeah. you, need the right, you need the right spacing around that, too, out of your big men, which is, you know, kind of, you know, that's why, you know, like a guy like Marvin Williams gets, gets a lot of minutes still because it's just like that's, that's the thing he can do. You know, he can stand out there and he can hit three-pointers. You know? <laughs> so it's yeah, like, yeah. You know, if you have a guy like yeah. that, you can kind of you can kind of mix and match those those type of players. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. I mean, let's talk about their their future a little bit here uh, in terms of what we're going to see going forward. Because we we were talking about you know maybe some some trades they might be looking at, kind of some you know a little bit more all in moves or what they're going to do here going forward. I mean they they're they're, they're in a tough spot uh, financially. Oh, um, you know, like I said, they have they have 102 million dollars committed in salaries next next year, assuming everybody opts into their player options, which would be Biombo, Marvin Williams, MKG, um, and that's without any money committed to either Kemba or to Jeremy Lamb, uh, yeah. you know, who are both gonna, who are both going to be free agents. So there's there's a there's there's a pretty important off season coming up here for them, regardless of what happens this year. Obviously, they like I said, they want to put their best foot forward in terms of making the playoffs and you know giving giving Kemba as much of a reason to stay as possible. You know he's he's said all the right things to this point. He's obviously a pro's pro when it comes to this stuff. Um, but you know how, how do they? What, what what do you think they do about that? I mean, it's you know I, you know a guy like Biombo obviously is you know he's going to opt into a contract. He's not going to turn down yeah. seventeen seventeen million dollars or whatever. Seventeen million, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so it's they're they're probably on the hook for all that money, and you know, in in a market like they're in, uh, you know, you got to imagine that ownership is going to be loath to to go into the luxury tax. So, you know, what 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 do you think is the how, how do they how do they squirrel their way out of this, basically? Yeah, I it, it, that's uh, that's been a problem for you know uh, just a little bit over a year now. You know, really kind of kind of since we took on Batum and then you know uh, Bismarck over the last summer. I'm not, I, I you know I like him as a player. I, I honestly I think he probably needs to play a little bit more. Um, you know, but um, but you know his 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 salary is insane. And, you know, the, the problem has been the salary cap because we can't, I mean, we're committed so much, we've committed so much money to these players that we can't move. I mean, you can't move yeah, them. Cause they're no kind of, they're, yeah, they're kind of mediocre, but they make way too much money. Yeah. So they, they don't, they, they have no, way they would, too much money. Yeah. At the right salary yeah. figure, they would, they would probably have some trade value, but when you pay them that much, that, you know, that makes it hard. So it's, yeah. You know, you're, you're more or less having, you're more or less having to offload assets to, to get rid of those guys, which, you know, is not, not the way you want to be building a team. So. Not the way. Yep. No. Not at all. And that's you know that's why Kemba's come up in so many trade conversations over the last 
you know, a year and a half because he's really the only person of value um, that that we could potentially move for, you know, some salary cap space. But, you know, mm-hmm. then, you know, to to your point, I mean, we've got $102 million tied up without Kimbo, without Jeremy Lamb, who, you know, are probably the two best players on the team. Um, this year, Kemba has obviously been the best player on the team for a while now. Um, but, you know, I, it, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm really interested to see what Kemba does because he really is, um, you know, you know kind of Charlotte Hornets basketball. You know, there, there's a ton of kids, you know, my son's age, you know, my son is 10. There's a ton of kids where Kemba Walker is their favorite NBA player, not just favorite Charlotte Hornet. He's their favorite player. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's, uh, he's been in the city. He does a lot for charity around the city. But, you know, it, it has to hurt him a little bit knowing what he's given up that he's been a part of the, the, the trade conversation lately. Sure. And, you know, with, with, you know, as much as we have committed next year, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that we're even really going to be able to give him the money that, that he's really due next year. Yeah, especially, Whereas, especially, especially if he makes all NBA because then he's, then he would be eligible for the Supermax as well. So they yeah, could be, they, yeah. they could be looking, they could be looking at being on the hook for $200 million after the season if he keeps playing as well as he is, which, you know, hey, it's great that he's playing well and that he's, you know, he's on pace to, def- to at this point, definitely make an all NBA team. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a tough conversation to have, and it's you know if you're talking about paying him you know a, you know forty million dollars or something when by the time he's going to be thirty two thirty three years old again for a point guard who's a smaller guy that's you know <laughs> that's yeah. that's tough that's, you, you you have a meeting about that you don't just say yeah you, yeah. you know hey 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 MJ <laughs> sign off on this you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's tough so so gonna, that's gonna I'm really. I'm really interested to see what what he's going to decide because I I know the trade conversations really really bothered him last year. He sure, yeah. Shy about saying that it bothered him. Um, you know, obviously he's from he's from New York, and I think the Knicks and probably the Nets both do have you know uh, cap space to be able to offer him you know um, you know a, a contract you know much larger than the Hornets can, but. I well, I mean, yeah, it's, well, yeah, it, it, I mean, the Hornets will be able to give him that extra year. So that's, um, you know, that, that's the only thing that whether, you know, it, it, it's, it bodes well for them, I guess, because they can, they can give the Hornets can theoretically, you know, give him a larger contract. Um, and, you know, he, he, like I said, he says all the right things. It seems like, you know, like you said, he is, he is sort of inherent to Charlotte at this point. It feels like he wants yeah. to be there. You know, I think there is some cachet to having MJ as the owner to some degree. Uh, you know, for <laughs> whether that's deserved or not, I don't know. But um, it's uh, you know, so I think he he wants to be there, and there's incentive to be there. Um, you know, but is it is he, this this is obviously he's he's a hyper competitive guy. I mean, and, and he's going to want to yeah, be in super. the right situation. And can you know can they put the right team around him? You know, I mean, obviously they they brought in. You know, some young guys now they got bridges, which is like, okay, that's, you know, that's a building block for sure. Um, but is there, you know, is there the right team around him? And, and, you know, is he a guy who should be your first option? You know, I mean, obviously he's excelling in that role. Um, you know, but the level of team success they're having is still, you know, overall a little bit mediocre. So, you know, it's, it's not necessarily, yeah, yeah. it's not necessarily working to, to the extent of, you know, hey, we're, you know, we're this championship contention, you know, team. Uh, you know, let's let's bring the band back and keep everybody together. So I don't, I don't, it'll be, I don't know. There's there's a lot of questions to answer there for sure. So it'll yeah, be there really is. It'll be interesting to see what they do and how they how they navigate that. Um, you know, whether there are ways that they can, you know, kind of like we were talking about, either either make moves that sort of push their chips in a little bit more. You know, you you talked, uh, you know, you. Offline, you had talked with me about, uh, you know, about them potentially looking at a Kevin Love deal. Um, you know, and that would be something certainly where they could, you know, push some chips in and, and say, you know, let's kind of go for this a little bit more. That's, that is taking on a lot of long-term money, you know, so whether, whether yeah. MJ is going to want to do that, who knows? He, you know, and Love's extension hasn't even kicked in yet. It doesn't even kick in until next year. And, uh, you know, and he's, I think he's 30 or 31 years old already and, you know, is, 
hasn't played more than 60 games or something in a bunch of seasons. So it's like, you know, you're, you're taking on a, taking on a pretty big risk if they were to do something like that. And you probably yeah. have to include a young player in that deal, like a Malik Monk. Um, so, you know, yeah, if you could get them to take yeah. on, take on, if you could get them to take on Biombo's contract and, you know, give them a pick in exchange or something, that's, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's the right way to go. Um, you know, yeah, you I think, think, are, is, I think is, is that, is that something you would do? Is, <laughs> would, would you go that route? I, I mean, I, I think, uh, I, I personally, I would, I, I, I would, if, if you had the opportunity to get, you know, Kevin Love, I know he's, he's injury prone. Um, but you know, the reality is when, you know, you hate to, to bring up the Timberwolves days, but I mean, I mean, this guy it felt like he was guaranteed 30, 20 a night. I mean, I know, I know he wasn't putting up that much, but, um, you know, I think he's uh, he's a dynamic player. He had to play a different role, um, you know, playing in Cleveland with LeBron. And, I, you know, I feel like being in Charlotte with the team that we have, you know, I, I feel like he can go back to the the, the Timberwolves, Kevin, Kevin Love, right, where, mm-hmm. you know, he's creating a little bit more. You know, he's, he's, cre- he's creating his own shot and for teammates and, you know, he, he's, uh, you know, low post player as well, grabbing rebounds and, you know, really, really putting up points and stretching the defense, which is, you know, opens up opportunities for, for you, the rest of your team. But, uh, I personally would because I, I, I don't know what, you, what you're going to get from, um, from Bismarck. He's really not even getting that many minutes now. No. Um, no which, he's, you know, no. I, I, I truly don't understand. We're not going to be able to move Batum. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, I think, you know, that, that means we're, we're going to have to part ways with, with one of our younger talents. Um, mm-hmm. but, you know, to do that and get an opportunity to, to get a player the caliber of Kevin Love to go aside, um, you know, Kemba and, and, you know, still have one or two of our, our younger kids, uh, you know, I think that's the move that I would absolutely make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like if you had to sacrifice Monk, you probably you probably would do that. You know, it's like it's one of those things that, yeah, you might end you might end up with egg on your face for that. You know, it's like he might go someplace else and, and thrive. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I say that since he'd be going to Cleveland, which you know. <laughs> yeah. I was I was gonna say he's going to Cleveland. I'm, I'm yeah, so you know, yeah, let's let's yeah, let's I guess not worry about that too much, but. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, if you had to make the choice, obviously, I think between Bridges or Monk, you would, you know, you want to keep Bridges around. And, you know, the, the yeah, upgrade absolutely. the upgrade you would get there from moving Love into the lineup, you would probably take, I imagine, a lot of Marvin Williams minutes because that's kind of your, you know, it's sort of your similar role. You've got kind of your stretch four, but Kevin Love does all those other things better as well. You know, I mean, he's he's a guy who can do things outside of just stand in the corner and shoot threes, you know, I mean. Like yeah, you said, he can, he can post up. He can he can make plays from the elbow. I mean, he can do lots of other things when he's, you know, when he's sort of free oh. from 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 free from the shackles of sort of playing within a LeBron centric offense. So, yep, um, you know, so I think maybe there's there's something there. I I, I think it, it if if I'm recalling correctly, I don't think they could make that move right away. I mean, I know Love is hurt right now. Um, Based on him signing his extension, I don't think they could even do that till like sometime in January. So you know, you maybe mm-hmm. you, you, you may be stuck with your current roster for the time being. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll see how that goes. It'll be like I said, it'll be they got a lot of decisions to make. So it's um, they do, and they're they're tough decisions too. And it's um, you know, I, I guess one thing is for certain: the team you know this year won't won't look the same as the team does next year. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. They've got got a lot of a lot of contracts expiring. A lot of guys that it's going to be like, okay, it's, yeah, it's you got to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only they could. If only they could say that to Biombo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's all right. The tomb. Yeah. That's all right. So I mean, we'll we'll see if their if their current trajectory holds up here, or if they start figuring out how to close out some games and actually kind of play to the you know if their you know if their record starts to. Um, you know, more reflect the way that they're actually playing on the floor. Um, you know, we'll have to we'll have to see. But it's you know, there's they're in eighth in the conference right now. Obviously, that's not a great place to be in the East. <laughs> Just you know, you're 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 in that sort of uh, morass of teams right there in the middle. After you get past that top, you know, five or six you know teams that are actually good. Um, 
you know, we'll like I said, we'll see if the record starts to starts to reflect the way they're playing. But you know, it's yeah. at least it, it, you know it seems like it's at least as you know as a fan for your perspective, it seems like it's got to be a little bit heartening to see them, you know, just looking looking a little more professional, looking like they're they're doing things the right way, and they've got some young talent that can uh, you know that can help them kind of turn a corner. So we will, yeah, absolutely. We'll yeah. see how that goes. And I, so, I think uh, to to your point too, Pat. I think uh, you know, I don't know if, if we're not really rounding off to be the team that we we need to be by you know All Star break. I, you know, I, I think it's going to be really critical for you know the organization and and um, you know the the coach to make a decision to you know put some of those young players in and get them that experience and exposure, if anything, to to create. Um, you know, some some uh, trade value there. Right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, to kind of kind of showcase those guys a little bit and get them a chance to yeah. see what see what you really have there. Because yeah, I mean, even ultimately, if it's you know, if it's between getting the eighth seed or the seventh seed, and you know, is that yeah, there's there's value to that, obviously, for these young guys to get that playoff experience. But then at the same time, is it you know, is it worth it just to to just go in and, and Get slaughtered by Toronto, or you know, whoever. I was going to say there is no value in playing Toronto the way that they're playing right now. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, that's that's. Yep. Well, that's a, that's a good segue. We'll uh, we'll we'll move uh, move on from from your hometown Hornets here, and we'll we'll move into some of the other uh, the other contenders here, and just talk talk a little bit briefly about them, and kind of see where try to get an idea where we're at here in the Eastern Conference and where we think things are going. So that's going to conclude the Charlotte Hornets portion of my conversation with Jeff Barnes. Uh, we are running really long here, so we're going to go ahead and be splitting the podcast up into two parts. Um, so go ahead and check back for part two of the podcast, uh, where Jeff and I will be breaking down the top teams in the East uh, and what we see coming for those guys. Uh, so check back for part two of the podcast. I want to thank you for listening. Please uh, remember to follow 24 Sloppy Seconds on Facebook and Twitter, and we will see you again soon. Thanks.